Welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast with your host, Eve Mayer. Join Eve and her guests each week as they discuss how to live a healthier, longer, and more fulfilling life through fasting, keto, and low-carb feasting. Welcome to Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. Each week, we come right back at you to educate you, challenge you, encourage you along your journey with intermittent fasting and low-carb feasting. You can check us out at FastingLane.com, on Twitter, on Instagram, all at FastingLane. Our guest this week is a little bit different. So typically, we have a doctor or a scientist or a fitness expert or a workout guru or a nutritionist, but there was a lady I saw online, and her name is Greta Lee Jackson. She is an Australian comedian. She writes, directs, performs, and edits comedy content for television and online, and I was just completely intrigued by her. So Greta, thank you so much for talking with me today. No problem. So I know guys, you're like, why Eve, do you have a comedian on your show? Well, I'll I'll tell you why. We're going to post this video uh, within the podcast, but Greta posted a hilarious video on Facebook and basically everywhere that talked and talked about how breakfast is a scam. I have always wanted to be a comedian. Greta is living my dream. I found her really intelligent and riveting and adorable. And so Greta, that's why I reached out and asked you to be on a podcast about fasting. What are you doing that you're on a podcast about fasting? What what were you thinking, Greta, saying yes to this? Uh, Well, first of all, just I love podcasts and I say yes to pretty much all of them (laughs) because... I'm addicted to them. Um, but uh, I, I don't see any harm in, in uh, spreading the awareness that, that breakfast isn't all it's cracked up to be, despite what we've been told. I think it's the more we can get that word out there, um, the better for people. I agree. And I would say until two years ago when I discovered fasting, I thought that breakfast was really important. I even thought that the sooner... I could start eating each morning. The sooner I revved up my metabolism, I started my engine burning food. I'd had that description from doctors, from Mm. nutritionists, and I always ate breakfast as soon as possible. So it seems like you spent like a pretty long time because you, you had a lot of information, information, and it looks like you spent a long time researching the history of breakfast for the video. So like, how long did you research it? Where did you get the facts from? Um, it's, it's strange. I probably spent a, about a week researching it. It's for, the video was done for a, a television program called The Feed on SBS in Australia. And they asked me to do some contributor pieces. It's a news and current affairs slash comedy show. Um, so I just, I wasn't, I have worked on news shows before and I wasn't quite sh- wanting to do really newsy stuff, but I still wanted to do topical stuff that would relate to people without necessarily being a news story. So I just decided that this new thing I'd been on that my brother told me about 
my youngest brother, he's like, yep, I'm not eating breakfast. And he just, he just dropped all this weight. And I was like, oh, hold on, maybe there's something to this. And then there was a lot of literature about 16.8. And I started reading about 16.8. And also that got me down the rabbit hole of the whole Kellogg's thing. And so I just decided to do that video for the feed based on the research I'd already done. So at that point, like you were still eating breakfast. This was like an assignment for you for work and you did the research and, and where'd you find your facts? Were most of them from online, but like sources online? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I've been to naturopaths, I've been to nutritionists and you know, you get about a million different answers totally. depending on the type of person you're going to. So I don't know. I just, I just think in these situations, you know, people will disagree with this, but making your own informed judgment by looking at both sides. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think that, you know, I am a fan of low carb. I am a fan of keto. I am a fan of intermittent fasting, but I have friends who do completely different stuff. They do that. They eat three meals a day. They're vegetarians. They found perfectly healthy ways for them. And like, I completely Mm. respect that. And only we live in our own body and can figure out what the heck feels great. But I've been pretty fat my whole life. Oh, same, same. Yeah. And like breakfast has never really made me any hotter or getting any skinnier or feeling any better. And now that I rarely eat breakfast, I feel much better. I've lost a lot of weight. And you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm just freaking hungry. Like I have got to eat. And that happened this morning and I ate eggs and bacon and it was glorious. So that's it. It's not a hard and fast rule. And that's what I like about it. If you really, really want something um, every so often it's totally fine because that's how the cavemen did it. Yeah. So you're looking into all these facts and you're looking at it, you're, you're looking into breakfast and then you're like, okay, breakfast is really a scam. What, what first made you decide what facts came across that you were like, wait, this is just crap. So I was, I came across that video. It's sorry. That's a, I live under a flight path. You can, if you can hear a plane going across my house, that's yeah. what that is. Um, Intermittent Fasting Transformational Technique by Cynthia Thurlow. It was a TEDx talk. Nice. Um, a, a few people actually, it was, just, it was all coincidence because a, pe- a couple of people posted that on my Facebook around about the same time I was starting. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's not just me. There's other people doing this. And that was, that was where I started to go down the, the route of trying to find out the stuff about Kellogg's. Um, so I can't exactly remember the exact turning point, but just the more I read, the more there was like, you know, cereal was invented to, you know, stop crazy people wanking, as we say, you know, in, in okay. Australia. All right, let's clear that up because us <laughs> don't all know what wanking means. So <laughs> the word, she's saying that cornflakes were really an invention to curb masturbation. Which was totally an invention from him because he was so anti-sex, this Mr. Kellogg. So it was just this whole marketing ploy. And if you pay the right, and we're still seeing the effects of it now, you pay the right health um, publications the right amount of money and they'll, they'll support whatever you're putting out there, regardless if it's healthy or not. So he paid a health magazine to spruik this idea that breakfast is the most important of the day and that's where it's stuck it's like every american family and has 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 lived by that for the better part of 50 years and cereals and all this sort of stuff i mean cereals is a whole other thing don't get me started on that yeah. but i can't remember the exact point but at at at, at some 
at some point I did just discover this whole thing. I was like, Oh, Kellogg's. Oh, Kellogg's marketing scam. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and um, yeah, I can't, but I can't pinpoint it. I apologize. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I had never heard that cornflakes were invented to stop our dirty, dirty habits and thoughts. Um, I don't feel like it's been very effective in the treatment of masturbation. So I was glad that you brought that discussion forward <laughs> for that. Okay. So you mentioned in the video that fasting is natural, not a new invention. I am a girl from the U.S., from South Louisiana, where let me tell you, fasting does not happen for most people. We right. Everything we eat, some of the best food in the world, we enjoy it. All of my socialization, all of my life, every family celebration, every just dinner and breakfast was surrounded by love and great food. And fasting, like I had never heard of it except for a few friends who were Buddhist or Muslim. And I would just look at them and be like, I know you're doing it for religion and I respect that, but oh my gosh. You're going to starve. Like you're hurting your metabolism. Greta, I am saying this stuff weighing like 280 pounds, 290 mm -hmm. pounds, and they're healthy and fit. And I look back and just think what an idiot I was, right? Like here are people doing something for their religion of choice. And accidentally, I'm using quotes here in the air, healthy a lot of times because of fasting. And I really had this belief that if I didn't eat for five days, I would die. Like I just had this fact in my head. Like it's not your, it's not being an idiot. Uh, it's not right. being an idiot. It's, it's, I know you feel like that, but that's not what it is. It's just that, you know, and Australia is similar. It's catching up. I think it's the second most obese country in the world. Wow. Um, after you guys, but it's, which is saying something because there's a lot less of us. Um, but like, it's, it's just as pervasive cultural belief that is fed into us for, since we were little. Like I grew up in the eighties. I was a kid in the eighties, born in the eighties and early nineties. What the hell? And I cover this in the, in the video. Well, not cover it, but I mention it. What the hell was that gosh darn food pyramid all about? What a lie. You know, the food pyramid. Yes. We had that on our every single cereal box. So it's the first thing we saw as kids because it was before mobile phones. So of course you'd read the cereal box and you'd pour over this information. There it is. Please have more bread and pasta than you do fruit and vegetables. Yep. Like, and, and so it's not being an idiot. It's, it's being forced. Well, for want of a better term, force fed these, these cultural norms and beliefs that people just accept. And and there's nobody, there's no reason to go and seek your own answers. There's no reason to go and question the cultural norm because why would everybody be telling you something wrong? And it's only when you get to your thirties that you're like, hold on, this ain't working. You know, and, and I, I was, I was on, I've been on diets forever, like forever. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done, there's a personal trainer who has a diet and exercise plan here app called uh, Michelle Bridges. Like uh, I've tried juice cleansers, I've tried uh, the lemon detox, every single one of these just like made me weak and sick and crazy and I would just gorge afterwards. This is the only time something has worked for me and I'm getting back to my body um, that I had before I started having all these problems. This is like, I'm talking like 10 to 15 years of, of fad diets and this is the only thing that's working and it took me just to stop like I was I was even saying to my brother who looked great like similar situation to you oh but 
breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You just flat out notice. Absolutely. Notice. And then when only when I was like, maybe I should question that at age 35 that, that I was like, Oh my God, this is a complete lie. And people are profiting off these lies. That's why we're being told them. If you want to get a tinfoil hat, you know? So Greta, I think you used to live in LA and now you live in Sydney. Are there any differences you see with how people manage their weight or acceptance of fasting or anything around diet? When I was living there, the big difference was I was astounded that the advertising on television was all diabetes medication. Like it was the normal, most normal thing in the world to have diabetes that not only do they just assume you were medicated on something already, there were all these ads for sister drugs. Like, is your diabetes medication making you X, Y, Z? Try this. And I was like, wait, so it's just normal for everyone to have diabetes? This is seriously wrong. And that was one thing I noticed that scared me, that how normalized it was to have this condition. Congratulations on your success, Greta. I'm, I'm really oh, pumped for you. And look, don't feel bad that you were 30-something. I was 40-something. And I had every diet under the sun, every therapist, every trainer, and three bariatric surgeries. So oh, you wow. did yeah. way better than I did. And all of it was just in, just to like fix my broken, what I perceive to be this broken body and mind, right? Like I'm so damn hungry. I am so hungry all the time. What is it? What is it? What is it? And I just thought I was broken and no doctor could figure out why and they had their theories it's a serotonin you level you feel so guilty oh, you, just you feel, feel so like guilty. such a freaking loser and then you yeah. go out in your life and everything else you're a badass at and then you just want to shove food in your face because you're so dang hungry and you can't overcome it and it's shameful and annoying and you look crappy in a dress and it just sucks yeah. so I, yeah, yeah. so I you was, fast now right you use I do tell me yes. what Okay, so I do the 16-8, and incidentally, I just got my mother on it too, who's in her 60s. Again, nothing nothing was working for her, and she's so stoked, and she just wants to keep going because every week she just drops another kilo, and her doctor is so happy. She had to make a change, basically, and she wasn't sure how to do, do it, and I was like, well, you should do what I'm doing, yeah. and she's so happy. Finally, something's worked for her, similar thing. I love your story about how you are in your 30s, and you're talking to your mom who's in her 60s. I'm in my 40s. My mom is also in her 60s. And there's so many stories I hear of younger women sharing intermittent fasting with their moms. Mm. Yeah, they want them to you know, look better, but like mainly they just want them to freaking live longer so they have more time with them and they're worried about their health and they want them to feel good and they want them to stay around. So like, I'm just amazed that all these older moms are listening and, and are, are taking the advice of their younger daughters because they know how much we love them and mm. watching that partnership is like seeing both the mom and the daughter get healthier. My, my mom's like that. My daughter also is 13 and has started doing just like not fasting, but like if she doesn't want breakfast, now I don't force it to happen. Mm. And she used to mm. be like, I just don't want to eat. And I'd be like, no, no, you have to eat. Meanwhile, once again, I was chubby and she was not right. Like, mm. so mm. it's so interesting, um, how this all works out and how we take care of each other. So I just get up in the morning and I have a big glass of water. Then I have a, if I've got it, like I try, like it's expensive, but if I've, if I've, I try and do it more often than not have a celery juice. And, um, then I just 
have more water and black coffee till about, uh, and I try and have double the amount of waters as I do black coffee. What's a celery uh, juice? Like a big bag of celery squash and a juice? Like you just juice celeries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just um, get celery sticks and juice them and have a little celery juice. Is that good? That sounds terrible. Uh, it It's, look, the feeling it gives you is really good. It doesn't taste okay. nice. All right. All right. I'm with you. I have a little supplement that I can have on an empty stomach that tastes like really, really nice pineapple. And I put a yeah. little bit of that in to, to uh, sort of okay. take out the, the, but what, the feeling it does to you, it, it's great. It's really cleansing and, okay. and fixes up a yucky gut. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I try and have double as many waters as black coffees, but I probably only have like one and a half coffees. Yeah. And, um, and then I start eating at about 11, 30, 12. Okay. And then I will have usually, um, I'm not always great, but because that's kind of why I like this fasting thing because it sort of, even if you're not eating amazingly, it's still going to work more or less, you know, even if you yes. slip up, you don't, you don't have the shame. Um, cause you haven't overeaten, you're still pretty much going to be likely within the calorie limit for your day. Whereas if you had breakfast, you wouldn't be. So I, I usually have just like, like a poke bowl salad with fish and rice and vegetables and stuff like that. Or something I've meal prepped again, like uh, vegetables and uh, a protein there, and um, and then I'll eat again. Yeah, about six o'clock, and yeah, that's that's it. I, I I have less food that way. Like I was working in daily television a year ago, and it was I was eating the whole day. I'd have two breakfasts. I'd I'd have a breakfast before I came to work, and then I'd work my guts out on a story, and then um, eat again. And then, and then, and then lunch and then snacks at four o'clock and then dinner. And I was eating all day because I was so, I thought it was because of my mental energy and that's no, it's because I was eating so much and my appetite was out of control. So how do you um, handle it now when you're on set and there's the food out, like they put the food out for everybody. How do you do that? Um, oh, they do that for you guys. Cause you guys are America. <laughs> oh, they don't put food out for y'all? Oh, especially not if you're working with public television. SBS uh, is public. T- I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to um, criticize them. It's not their fault. It's the government funding towards uh, our public stations like ABC and SBS. There's no money. Like you have to bring your own snacks. Um, but on set catering, um, it's not a big deal. I just won't have the breakfast. So I've got to shoot. I've got to shoot next week, and then I just go crazy at lunch. And again, I thought that I would wouldn't be able to do this. That I would panic. And I'd, the food would be there and it'd be free. And I'd be like, I have to have it. But it's just, you get a little bit high with this thing. You're like, oh, see how long I can push it. I feel really good. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so how do I, ha- I guess I just go crazy at lunch knowing it's coming. And, I, and you know, I'm not feeling, because I've been doing it for a while, I'm not feeling that debilitating, lightheaded hunger in the mornings. I'm just not. Yeah. I think when you start doing this, it feels like crap. And then people think it's going to be like that forever. And it's not no, no. like also when I started and I saw other people eating and I wasn't supposed to eat and I didn't feel so good. I really didn't like them. And I was like mm. really jealous, especially of children with ice cream and they yeah. really, I wanted to steal their ice cream from them. And now I dislike them less. I'm more, yeah. <laughs> I'm more forgiving. I don't swipe ice cream from children or dislike them. So I'm, maybe I'm just becoming a better person, Greta. I don't know. I just think the fasting makes you want that stuff less, inevitably. Yeah, I think Weirdly. you're right too. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably it. All right. Yeah. So you do fasting, you skip breakfast. Do you ever fast for longer than that? 
Um, yeah, a couple of times I'll, I'll push it to about three o'clock and have like one meal, but that's less often. Um, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Okay. But I, I know are people that are reaching, doing 24 hours. So are you hitting your goal? Like, are you hitting the goals that you had for yourself and the weight you wanted to lose and the health you wanted to have? I get a bit scared of the scale, so I don't really um, uh, set goals, but I, I just go for general feeling and how my clothes are feeling on me and stuff like that and stuff that I couldn't fit into last year is, is like loose, so which is it's good. So loose. That's amazing. I want people to hear this, Greta, because I have done fasting where I skip breakfast and I have done 11 days of fasting and I have done everything in between. And I think that when people fast so many times, they're like, oh, I'm going to have to do three days. I'm going to have to do four days. I'm going to have to do a week. I'm going to have to do this. And it's just not true. That yeah. is an extreme case for people who are usually with medical care and want to do something really extreme. But I think honestly, if people would look at it, a lot of people could reach their goals doing what you're doing. They set their goal for themselves. It's a weight, it's a measurement, it's a dress, it's whatever it is, right? It's getting your diabetes off your medication. And by just taking, which I think is the second smallest step, I think this, the first step to fasting is A, stop snacking, right? Like yes. you stop snacking and you have three meals first. Then the second step is if you want to go further and you didn't reach your goals, stop eating breakfast, period. Mm. That's just see how much, how much longer you can push it per day. Maybe yes. you get to eight o'clock, maybe you get to eight 30, then next day you get to nine and, and ease yourself into it. And it, that's, that's, what's so good about it. It's not like this day you have to do that and you didn't do it. So you failed. It's just like, go at your own pace and get yourself into it the way you feel comfortable. And one day if you feel like breakfast, that's fine because you haven't broken your diet. Exactly. So Greta did it by doing 16-8, by stopping having breakfast. She feels healthier. She looks even cuter than she was before. And I think <laughs> you guys can do it too. So Greta, I haven't ever had a comedian on before. First of all, how does one even live the life where you, it sounds very glamorous to me. How did you become a comedian? Oh, how did I become? Well, I sort of didn't know that I would ever do anything else. And I'm not a comedian in the sense of like, I used to do stand up, but I don't really do that anymore because I found it quite lonely. Yeah. I, I'm a YouTube person and I've grown up doing like sketch comedy and, and working in teams and collaborating. So I prefer on screen stuff because you have a team behind you and you have other people. And I've done the stage thing and it's amazing and it's really challenging, but it's not really for me to go up through the ranks that way. But how did I become it? I, I guess I just, oh, I couldn't do anything else, really. I didn't really question it. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. I want you to tell everybody where they can watch your stuff online, how they can find you on social media, where they can watch this video. Tell them everything, and we're going to put these posts in the show. Sure. Okay. So basically I'm Greta Lee Jackson everywhere, like on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, G-R-E-T-A-L-E-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. And you can follow and on Facebook as well. Um, that's my official page where all my video content goes up. Um, I'm going to do a new one soon about uh, credit cards and another one about weddings. So that one should like make it. a lot of people unhappy. Um, so yeah, basically my videos go up to Facebook and and anywhere else you could just follow me and everything's Greta Lee Jackson. All right, everybody, check out Greta Lee Jackson online. Greta, thank you so much for being on the show. I so appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me, Eve.
Guys, thanks so much for being here on Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. You can get more tips on fasting, keto, and low carb at fastinglane.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fasting Lane. And until next time, to your health and happiness.